Welcome to 10.5, the official podcast of the OPP Association. I am Scott Mills. And I'm Josh Jutras. We are the Strategic Communications Coordinators for the OPP Association and your host for the 10.5 podcast, the official podcast of the OPP Association. And for those of us who are first-time listeners, uh, the OPP Association is the sole bargaining agent for the close to 10,000 members of the Ontario Provincial Police in Canada. Our members are our focus and our strength. We aim to provide important information to our members and the public about matters that affect policing in the province of Ontario. And on this episode, we are talking about the OPP's Occupational Doctor Program. Now pleased to be joined by OPP Association Director Dave Dubé, who is joining us from the frozen tundra of Northern Ontario, and Superintendent Tina Meyer, Deputy Director of the OPP Healthy Workplace Team, and she's joining us today from General Headquarters. Welcome, Dave. Thanks, Scott. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. And welcome, Superintendent Meyer. Thanks, Josh. I'm uh, really excited to be here today and uh, start telling you about this program. Well, it's uh, really uh, really great to have uh, both of you here on this frigid, cold day. And uh, Dave, uh, we're very happy that, that you've joined us here on the 10.5 podcast. You know, I think this is our 35th or 36th episode. I've, I'm losing count, but we've been wanting to get you on for some time, so... Josh and I uh, regularly, for our listeners, interact with uh, with Dave on many matters of importance, and uh, it's, it's just really great to have you have you here today, uh, Dave. So, before we get into the discussion about what the Occupational Doctors Program is, uh, we think it is important to get some background for our members uh, from the OPP Association on this Occupational Doctor Program. So, very simply. Uh, uh, Dave, in a nutshell, um, can can you say what the Occupational Doctors Program is and let us know if it's a good thing or not for our OPP Association members? Sure, Scott. Quick description of the Occupational Doctor Program is if an OPP member is required to provide a sick note from their doctor, uh, they'll now submit it directly to the Occupational Doctor instead of their supervisor. Uh, the OPPA believes this is a good thing for our members. Uh, it makes it a lot easier and, and the transition back to the workplace a lot faster for them. The Healthy Workplace team and the OPPA have been working collaboratively from the beginning of the Occupational Doctor Pilot Project to address the intent of the program and implementation. Uh, the OPPA supports the Occupational Doctor Pilot uh, 100%. We have seen a positive result. Uh, to date and look forward to collaborating with the Healthy Workplace team on the go forward. I'd like to thank Tina and her team, Laura, Laura and Lisa, as well as the OPPA's Wayne White for all his guidance throughout this project. Uh, I was new in my director role at the beginning of this project and Wayne's knowledge and expertise assisted our team immensely uh, from an OPPA standpoint. Well, that's all good to know. You know, when we were talking to Wayne about this, Wayne said, make sure you preface it that we think this is a good thing uh, for everybody. So uh, I think it's that's really great. important. Really good, really good way to start this uh, conversation for everybody. So Dave, when did the Occupational Doctors Pilot Program start and uh, who's using it to date? Uh, the program started back uh, 
about a year ago in January 26, 2021 with eight detachments. It's now expanded to 16 uh, because it was so successful. Uh, we found um, expanding it would be a good thing for our members. Uh, in December of last year, uh, all field regions except for West Region started using the occupational doctor. Uh, OPP is moving into the remaining regions and bureaus in the spring of 2022, and we're hopeful to uh, expect, to have, expect to have all the regions and bureaus on board uh, using the pilot program by summer of 2022. Thanks for that, Dave. Uh, Superintendent Meyer, it would seem that that is an endorsement from the OPPA on this program. So I'm going to uh, let you jump in here and explain a little bit more about the program. You've had um, a 26-year career in the OPP, a number of important roles, obviously. And we understand that your current role with the OPP's Healthy Workplace Team came about after you traveled the province listening to our members about the challenges in the organization and the resulting creation of the four members report. Can you tell us where the Occupational Doctors Program originated from? Yeah, I can, Josh. Thanks for that. And thanks, Dave. I, uh, and it means a lot to us that the OPPA is supportive of this program because we truly believe that it's um, beneficial for our members. So the program arose from, there's a number of themes that repeated in reviews um, and not just our internal review, but external reviews as well around how the OPP members felt about and how we manage illness, injury, return to work, um, use of force, accommodations, and um, medical um, issues in the OPP. So we wanted to come up with a solution to that as um, a number of the recommendations spoke to that uh, from the report. So we think this is, um, and we've worked really closely with the OPP and HR um, and we think this is a, a very good solution to those. Well, thanks, uh, Tina. So, so generally, uh, we would alternate questions with our guests here. But if it's okay with you, Dave, um, I think we want to ask Tina a few more details. And we're going to ask you to provide your input from the association point of view uh, periodically on the way through as Tina addresses how the program works. Is that okay with you, Dave? Sounds good to me, Scott. Uh, the less I talk, the better. She's uh, she, know, she knows all the ins and outs of the program, anyway. So it's perfect for for Tina to do most of the talking here. Uh, I think you're underselling yourself there, Dave. Uh, yeah. So uh, I turn it over to Josh here. He's got he's got a few questions for Tina. Uh, thanks, Scott. Tina, we'll start with what are the goals of this program? Okay. Thanks, Josh. Um, so the goals of the program are. Um, to increase employee confidentiality regarding personal medical information and how it's handled in the organization. Our overall goal is eventually to eliminate medical coming um, into the organization at all. And uh, the occupational doctor, one of the other goals is to provide expert medical advice for decision making. We want to remove the practice of layperson interpretation of medical information, you know, managers and um, you know, HRA supporting those managers having to try to interpret the medical information that's provided by members. We want to streamline medical advice coming into the organization. The OCDOC provides a consistent voice. Um, instead of, you know, um, thousands of doctor's notes coming back and forth and uh, members having to submit and resubmit notes, the OCDOC will be that constant voice for, consistent voice for our members. This program will increase transparency. The employee and the manager will work from the same information that the occupational medical specialists provide. And uh, we're going to 
we're hoping to catch up with the greater, greater OPS with regards to disability management. This is the way that a number of other areas within the OPS um, currently manage um, medical within their organizations. It's really interesting. Uh, sounds, sounds like a really beneficial program for all sides on this. And, uh, can you go into a little more detail, Tina, uh, about how the program works? Yep. I'll give you sort of the basic approach, Scott. So medical information that was previously given to managers by an employee instead is now going to be routed through, routed through the occupational doctor. The occupational doctor then takes that information, removes any diagnosis or personal information about the injury or illness, and only gives a report back to the manager um, with relevant information. And the employee gets the same information back as well. The information the occupational doctor gives includes um, absence dates, restrictions, limitations, time for returning to work, and any other pieces of advice that will enable both the employee and the manager to work at a path to recovery that can be supported at work in their workplace. At no time does the employee have to disclose the details of their injury or illness to the organization. So the OCDOC doesn't send the details, but the information stays as part of the doctor-patient confidentiality. Okay, so there's a couple of questions that have arisen out of this program. Uh, first one being, does the occupational doctor replace a member's doctor? No, Josh, he doesn't. Um, r- right now I see he say he because the current doctor we have is Dr. Schwe- Michael Schwaggert. Um, no, employees retain their treating health professionals and the OCDOC team works with them to ensure that employee needs um, at work are addressed as part of their recovery. So the conversation between Um, instead of between managers and employee and um, managers, you know, to the employee questioning about uh, what their medical information entails, those conversations happen between doctor to doctor. So next question, Tina, why should an OPP association member use the occupational doctor we've been calling it the oc doc so yeah it's kind of it's kind of memorable when you call it the oc doc i guess it is that's what i call him too scott um so the benefits to the employee are privacy they don't have to share personal medical information um, with the workplace or with the manager Uh, the doctors and nurses under um, the oc doc program are oath bound um, and they're oath bound to help you as a person and work and keep you safe and healthy and to um, abide by that confidentiality. So the employees receive specialist advice on health issues, specifically with how they pertain to work. It provides uh, an extra set of medical ears to discuss workplace challenges, and it's more efficient. So there's no longer the return um, on investment so far with the program has been tremendous. There's no more back and forth with forms from work about medical information. You're not going back and forth with your own doctor trying to make an appointment um, and then having, you know, bringing that note in and having to worry about the interpretation of that information. The occupational doctor does that for you. In the context of protecting members' medical information, where would my medical information go if I were to send it in to the occupational doctor? So the occupational physician, so the occupational doctor, collects and maintains the employee medical information just like any other specialist physician does. So he's bound by the same rules that any other doctor is, and that information never comes into the OPP. The doctors um, in Ontario have to follow rules set out by the Canadian Medical Association and various other pieces of provincial legislation that that they are bound by. 
So we're going to ask Dave to jump in here for the next question. Um, Dave, is the program mandatory? Right now, Scott, there's a definitive agreement between the OPPA and the OPPA that the program will be mandatory in the future. This must be agreed to and bargained during the collective bargaining process. Currently, the program is optional, and the Healthy Workplace team, the OPPA, is working collaboratively to determine any parameters of the mandatory participation. I know that uh, Tina and her team uh, with Wayne and I uh, meet regularly on a weekly basis to, to go over what we need to do to, to make the program work for all of our members. Uh, once employees understand the benefits of the program for them personally, we feel that few would wanna keep sharing medical information with the OPP directly and this program will be beneficial to all the members across the province. Uh, Superintendent, over to you for this one. What happens if a member doesn't use the occupational doctor? So currently, Josh, if a member chooses not to, uh, it reverts back to the old process. So the old HIF process and uh, the members share the personal information, back, medical information back and forth with their manager. So when we were preparing this, Tina, um, <laughs> I'm, I don't have a, a, an extensive OPP career background here, and uh, I, I didn't know what a HIF form was, so I had to ask Josh, <laughs> what's a HIF form? So can you um, can you explain for our listeners what the HIF form is? Um, what happens to the HIF form under the uh, occupational doctors program? Yeah, sure, Scott. And I wouldn't feel badly about that. <laughs> I think a lot of people don't know. And and this is probably a question that uh, HR could answer more extensively. Um, but so HIF is actually an acronym for a health information form. This forms under the old system, um, you know, the current mandatory system that's in place. Um, and it's the form contains questions about the employer wanting to know from the member's doctor what the doctor's opinion is um, on what the member can and cannot do in relation to their work duties. So the occupational doctor, and it's a series of questions around, you know, um, things like, can you move your left arm? Can you turn your head? And, uh, you know, around around limitations. So the occupational doctor actually, and I, and I continuously refer to him as the HIF, so he replaces the need for the HIF. He's going to ask those questions of of the doctor himself. So there's no need for the employee to take long forms back and forth um, with their personal doctors. What role or what impact would the occupational doctor have in WSIB cases? So Josh, the occupational doctor supports the employee's health and recovery, regardless of whether a WSIB claim is required. And he can still help with, um, with those processes. Very good to know. Um, so we're going to shift gears a little bit here. Um, workplace accommodations. Uh, how does this work with the uh, occupational doctors program? So Scott, the, the topic of accommodations is it's invariably linked with discussions around Ill, illness and injury. So it's important that we make sure we understand every, everyone's roles. Um, so doctors are only supposed to give employers limitations and restrictions that doctors, whether it's, you know, the member's personal doctor. Doctors don't decide or approve or provide their patients with workplace accommodations. Um, it's the employer's uh, duty to provide accommodation. The rules for doctors are laid out by the Canadian Medical Association, who are the governing body for doctors in Canada. 
the rules for employers having to accommodate come from the Human Rights Code and are supported by various pieces of provincial legislation, as well as the terms in, of the Uniform and Civilian Collective Agreements. Uh, conversations about accommodations come from the information that is supplied by the occupational doctor, but the doctor can't decide on accommodation. That's, that's the, up to us. Um, so with that in mind, the organization has to begin to focus on how, and this is part of improving the, the process, um, on how we accommodate our employees at work. So to that end, um, healthy workplace supports and uh, HR supports for the manager, the HRAs for the managers come into play. So we currently have a healthy workplace coordinator and Laura Young is currently in that role. Um, she was previously an HRA. And so the role of the healthy workplace coordinator is to help facilitate those conversations. Um, HWT is a neutral third party, and there may be situations where accommodation issues remain that aren't medical. You know, for example, if there's a, an organizational issue that the doctors come back and said, this isn't a medical issue, this is an organizational issue. So we can help with those people, pieces, and uh, help connect individuals to supports like the care navigator, mental health clinicians, and the psychologists and other supports within um, the healthy workplace team. So the goal is to get the managers and employees to become more used to talking about the needs and circumstances at work. And our ultimate goal is to help um, help the OPP to get better at accommodating our members and uh, to help the, facilitate those conversations. Just a clarifying point on that, Tina, because at the OPPA, we speak a lot of mental health resources surrounding Encompass Mental Health Wellness Program. Uh, the resources that Tina was describing are from the Healthy Workplace Team, or the OPP. Uh, the OPP Association also offers confidential mental health supports through the Encompass Mental Health Wellness Program as an option to our members and their families. And those supports can be reached 24-7, even in crisis, by calling 866-794-9117 or online at encompasscare.ca. And thanks for that, Dave. And we will put all of the contact information for both the OPP's Healthy Workplace Team and the Encompass Mental Health Wellness Program in the show notes. And uh, I will just emphasize for a second that the Encompass Program does include crisis counseling uh, if anyone does need that. Uh, so we'll get back to the Occupational Doctor Program and Superintendent it's pretty clear that this program is a foundational shift in approach. Can you talk about why the shift in approach from the OPP on this one? Yes, for sure, Josh. Thanks. Yeah, you're right. The program is. It's a clear step forward in uh, culture shift for the organization. So the program allows us to start to shift away from the organization and Many organizations do this, not just ours, but the practice of medicalizing workplace issues that aren't necessarily um, medical. Um, it allows us to maintain focus on our duty to accommodate as an employer, and it allows manager and employee relationships to develop. So the managers aren't just calling members um, to ask about their medical or to ask for another note. It's to help facilitate those relationships to develop. Um, better. And I know we have managers who do very, very well at that, and this is to support them. So it helps the organization stick to a problem-solving approach rather than conflict when it comes to illness and injury management. Dave, uh, we're nearing the end here. Uh, can you summarize your thoughts for us on this uh, OCDOC program? Sure. Thanks, Scott. 
Personally, I think it's a great program and the board of directors from the OPPA agree with me when I presented the, the program to them. Uh, we have consulted with the expert staff members at the OPP Association and Pension and Benefits who deal with these matters regularly. And we are of the opinion that this will be very good for our members and are very excited to move forward with it. I just want to take this time to thank Tina for coming on the podcast to explain the program because there's no way I could have done it as good as she could have and as good as she did. Uh, she, she's been catalyst in getting this thing going. Uh, her and her team have done a wonderful job. Um, we've been working behind the scenes quite a bit on this, uh, going and it's going well for everyone. I know our communication is, is key when this program first started and since the program first started, it's been amazing uh, to be able to communicate. Uh, we've had our differences and we, we've gone back and forth a few times and uh, we have the same goal in mind is just to make this program work for our members. And we have a great working relationship, uh, Wayne and I with, uh, with Tina and her team. And I just wanna thank them for all the work that they do. Well, we're, I'm just going to jump in there, Dave, because uh, doing the, the prep for this podcast, we had some discussions with Tina's team there, uh, and uh, I think we're going to get uh, some of the people under the hood on a, on a follow-up podcast on this as this program rolls out, just to learn a little bit more about it. So if you're interested in this topic, make sure you uh, uh, keep following the podcast, because I think uh, later on, the next few months, uh, we're, we're going to have a uh, follow-up uh, episode on this topic. Uh, superintendent, over to you then. I, okay. Who can I contact about this program if I'm a member out there listening right now? Sure, Josh. I agree with Dave. I think we've all been working. Um, we think this is absolutely, you know, a, a fantastic option and uh, solution for our members. Uh, you can contact the Healthy Workplace team. You can contact managers, supervisors at detachment or the bureau level, um, HRAs, the OPPA Association, uh, the vendor when the program's rolled out in your area. So we'll be doing a uh, an intro to uh, Dr. Michael Schwagert and Associates. Um, he's got a certified occupational team of doctors and nurses, and uh, we'll be directing members directly to his website. And um, that stuff will all be um, on our website as well on the Healthy Workplace team. Thank you both for joining us today. Scott and I certainly learned a lot as we were prepping for this podcast, and I hope that uh, our members are going to be able to take away a lot of knowledge on this new program in the last 25 minutes of listening to this. Our thanks to both Superintendent Tina Meyer and OPP Association Director Dave Dubay for joining us on this episode, and that is our episode for this week. A new episode drops next Friday. And all episodes are always available on our blog at oppa.ca slash media. If you like what you hear, please use the subscribe button on your podcasting platform so that you never miss an episode. For Scott Mills, I'm Josh Jutras. And from everyone here at the OPP Association, thank you for listening and be safe. Be safe.